not permanently, but um, he is uh, unavailable today, so I've stepped in. Second time this week hosting, so this is outside of my normal slot where I just get to have a layup of talking about football from the day prior and kind of bank on that. Now I actually have to host a show, and we have to talk about other things. <laughs> so uh, I do have Aiden Doherty, Sam Prince, and Tom Hill all with me here in the WGLS production studio. Tom and, and Sam are going to be a two-man, one mic here today, mm. and uh, we'll see how that works out. But uh, <laughs> how, how are you guys doing? I, I want to start with you, Doc, because I think the news we're going to get into first is obviously the status of mm-hmm. one Joel Embiid, who was injured, um, or I, I guess the, the right terminology would be he had to come mm-hmm. out of the game multiple times last night against the Warriors, a game that the Sixers ultimately do lose, and obviously Tyrese Maxey was not in the lineup last night. And so Embiid, who had missed the previous two games, did play. Um, he was taken out of the game in the second quarter, correct? Yeah, uh, or I believe it was the end of the first, and then uh, obviously he banged his knee up again right. in the fourth quarter. So it's just tough, man. I mean, obviously you don't want to see injuries for anybody, let alone your favorite basketball team and that's kind of what's happened with the Sixers this month they've been getting hit with the injury bug I mean it's not just Embiid DeAnthony Melton's been out for a while now Robert Covington has been out since the beginning of January and it's kind of been undisclosed in a sense they know they just say it's knee soreness knee swelling um and you also have like Tobias Harris missed a couple games with illness now Tyrese Maxey's out and Nick Batum missed last night as well the injury bug is just cooking the Sixers and I think you know, they're just trying to get to this all-star break as quick as they possibly can. And even if they could just get to the trade deadline and get themselves some new pieces, get some new juice. But obviously, this MB news will uh, be something to look out for. I think he'll probably just rest for the next week um, or two because he, he, he knows he, he's got to be healthy for the playoffs. And that's kind of why he missed those last two games. But I think he saw the Sixers lost, you know, three games in a row that he was like, I think I got to come out here and try to – to, to will us to a win, and Steph Curry has been playing much better as of recent, so they, they couldn't get anything going, especially without Maxi and a lot of the other players, role players that weren't there, but it's tough. Uh, they kind of f- forced himself to play, and hopefully it's it, it isn't too bad, the news, but the fact that we haven't gotten news now kind of makes it feel like it's, it's nothing too serious, um, which is good. But it just sucks in a way because all of a sudden, you know, it, we're going to be reaching February and you're going to be playing a lot of big games soon in February and March. Yeah, and, you know, the the Sixers lose their, their fourth straight and, you know, they'll be at the Jazz tomorrow night on TNT. You know, they're on a West Coast trip now. Mm-hmm. I hate West Coast trips. I don't know how you guys <laughs> feel about it, but whenever I see the Sixers on a West Coast trip, I just – it's some awful basketball. It's just like it's it's nasty. I feel like the Sixers always suck on the West Coast trip too. Yeah, I don't know the the West Coast trips, and I mean, look, I don't mind staying up till yeah, I don't mind that. one a.m. It's just like you know, again, when when you've lost four in a row, and and you know, you're a team again without your two best players right now in Philadelphia. Um, it's tough, and you know, the big debate now is like. You know, taking into account the rule with the uh, minimum of 65 games you have to play implemented uh, for this season to, you know, be considered for the MVP award or, you know, an all-NBA team. And uh, Joel Embiid, you know, is obviously a guy who throughout his career has missed time. Um, you know, last year outside of a, a, a stint 
or two was relatively healthy, and he came away obviously with the MVP. Yeah, he hasn't really had like a big, big uh, injury since uh, what feels like like regular season wise since you know I guess you can maybe count the twenty twenty one, but that happened in the pretty much back half of the year, and then before that, I think it might have been his his rookie season. Right, and obviously you mentioned regular season, the big problem with him over the last couple of years has obviously been staying healthy in the postseason. Um, but, you know, he's played 34 out of a possible 46 games this season. Um, so he can only miss five more games uh, before he's at that 17 missed games threshold where you had to play at least 65. So can he miss five more or can he miss? I believe he can miss, he can, five, he can miss more. five, right? And it's just tough. Not I mean, this is this is going to be a big debate in the NBA because not only is it affecting a B now, it's affecting Tyrese Halliburton. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's messing with Tyrese Halliburton is a big, bigger problem in the sense that he this is messing with his money. I mean, this isn't just awards legacy talk the way it is with Embiid. All of a sudden now, Tyrese Halliburton is going to lose out on millions. and $40 million, I think. Yeah, and that's the problem. You, this stupid threshold that – look, I'm sorry. I said this on the N1 podcast, but Embiid, if he just played 40 games, he'd impact the game a lot more than pretty much every center not named Nikola Jokic. Okay. Look, I get what the NBA was doing with their minimum games to 65 to be considered for all NBA, all for MVP awards. I I, I get their what they're thinking. I just think it needs to be adjusted a little bit. It should be. I get it for MVP. I get like, but voters already did that anyway. They were never voting an MVP who played 50 games. So it was stupid in that sense anyway. And all the whole point of this game was the whole point of that rule was to not have players sit out. Now all of a sudden players are not sitting out because of it, and they're actually getting hurt. So you're hurting your playoff uh, ratings. You're hurting everything going down the line. Your season's already long enough. I mean. the problem is there shouldn't be 82 games anymore. It should always be should be 72, which is another discussion, obviously. But look, they're messing with people's money, and this this threshold they it, it's failed in year one to say the least. And we're only halfway through. Embiid's going to be hurt by it, and Tyrese Halliburton's going to be hurt by it, and probably some other players will be hurt by it. It sucks that a a possible two three week injury can pretty much make you lose millions of dollars. And you saw last night's game with Embiid. He didn't. He's looked about as good as you can look for an NBA player this season. That was not what we've seen from mm. 98% of this season last night. And um, there was I, I saw a clip in last night's game where it kind of looked like he like ran and, and he tripped. And yeah. it just didn't look like he was anywhere near uh, 100%. And that is kind of a shame because I can sort of understand the rule, to Sam's point, with the MVP. But, like, 65 does feel like... Too much. For all NBA. Definitely too much. I think 60 maybe feels like yeah. a better, like Steph, you know, hard cap. Or maybe even 58. Like, Steph Curry last year, who averaged, like, n- almost 30 points per game on, like, 50, 40, 90, only played, like, I think 59, 60 games. So, he wouldn't have been eligible this year, even though he had one of the best seasons. Um, that's the problem. Look, voters already take in... A, in take in the, the games played like that's never been a problem so it's it's not about awards the whole point of this thing was to make players not rest which is also just awful because you want to have continuous runs of champions that it's it, the champion is whoever stayed healthy the longest because if you want that then the in-season tournament is going to start becoming more valuable than the nba championship because everybody's going to be healthy for the in-season tournament mm-hmm. it's in november but 
uh, right now or in the past couple of years, it's just been who's the healthiest. I mean, it was the Bucks. Even though Giannis had that small injury, they obviously faced teams that were way more banged up. Nets. And the Nets, I'm sorry, Tom and Sam. I, I didn't mean to freaking it up. But <laughs> but even the Nuggets last year, like they had a good run, but teams were impacted by injuries. And it's just kind of every champion has kind of had a little bit of luck to their side. And a lot of it having to do with uh, injury concerns. The 2021 playoffs and the Bucks won the championship is a dime we should not talk about because... I'm sorry, bro. It hurt me, too. You, you were the <laughs> Yeah. I was a James Harden fan. You, now you're not. I don't, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I still root for him. It, it's funny. You brought up Steph Curry. He actually would have been in, ineligible for All-NBA the last three seasons. Wow. Uh, See? 63 games in 2021. 64 and 21, 22, and then last year he played 56 games. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a rule that obviously has uh, sparked a, a big conversation. And in regards to Tyrese Halliburton, uh, it could cost him over $50 million, um, because his five-year deal that he signed back in July that will kick in at the beginning of next season – will pay him anywhere from 206 just under 206 million in total money up to 260 and the way he could climb up that extra 54 million that we were just talking about um yeah the 54.1 is the figure uh and he would have to reach the threshold of getting paid like 30% of the team's salary cap as opposed to 25% um and a player can do that by making an all NBA team uh, winning defensive player of the year or the MVP. And so obviously he would probably be first team or second team all NBA this season. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. If he is disqualified because of that games played rule and obviously the Pacers are putting him out on the court along with Joel Embiid. I, I want to get your opinion, Doc, because like, do you think it's solely just Embiid and the Sixers realizing that you know, like, let's put them out here. We've lost three in a row. Yeah. Um, and they have the games played then maybe in the back of their mind or it's inching closer to the front because now his number of games that he mm-hmm. can actually miss is dwindling. Or is it a case of Embiid, actually, you know, saying, like, no, I want to go out there um, even though I'm maybe not 100%. You know, we've lost three in a row like you were talking about before. Yeah, I think it's more of the, the losing three in a row because mm-hmm. I think Embiid has already kind of made statements through, like, journalists like Ramona Shelburne is is kind of like his his LeBron's Brian Windhorst if you will <laughs> like he goes to her uh kind of gives statements out and he, he she kind of said like he doesn't care about MVP like he already has one like he, right. he he wants the next thing which is obviously the championship so he's been careful and the Sixers in general uh, in, in general have been careful outside of last night where it feels like every 50-50 game like previous Embiid would always go out there but every 50-50 game this year, it feels like Embiid's getting pulled out, which is good because it's it's keeping him healthy. But last night, I think they just forced it because I think the pressure got to him. Uh, you know, with all the injuries piling up, Tyrese Maxey wasn't able to go. It's like, man, we really need to win because all of a sudden now we you fall back to the five seed, even though you're, you know, possibly the like the best the second best team behind the Celtics in the East, but. It, standings wise, you're now the fifth best team. So I think it got to them, and and they wanted to not go skid on this road trip, but they might have cost themselves even more games mm-hmm. by throwing them out there. But I, I to answer your question, I think it's just they lost three in a row. Like losing to the Blazers, I think was just like a a punch in the gut. Even though you're without literally pretty much every player on the roster, <laughs> like it's it's still they're still an awful team, and it's still a game you you should have won, and. 
I think they fell a punch in the gut, and they were like, let's go win this next game. It's kind of weird how um, the NBA is penalizing what has worked for teams, championship teams in the recent years. Like, Toronto kind of started the whole load right. management type thing with Kawhi, mm-hmm. and Kawhi won that ring in Toronto. So it is kind of interesting how – and I understand, you know, looking at it from – like a product, you know, enjoyment standpoint from a fan's perspective mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I don't want to watch TNT and see KD sit out, but teams aren't really into, you know, the Limit fan the engagement schedule. portion. It's just this is the best way to win championships, and this is what we've seen win championships with the Raptors. So it is kind of interesting that the NBA has gone this route, but – it's the NBA's fault, though. I mean, they made this season long. They make so many back-to-backs. Instead of starting the season sooner or starting the season later, they just add more back-to-backs, and, and that's their problem. That's the mistake that they made. They dug their own grave in that sense. And they could have, they could easily, I mean, easily shorten the season, but they the money. And they're so short-sighted in a sense that, oh, they want to be the play in February, March. But when it comes to you know, later in the season when everybody starts, their body starts wearing down because it's too many games, it's too many back-to-backs, and and now you're playing every other day in the playoffs against the same team and against playoff defense. Now, you know, the injuries are a problem. But if you bench them sooner, like you mentioned the Raptors, I mean, Kawhi didn't look hurt at all in any of those games. Uh, They're just so short-sighted that they really care about their ratings on a random March uh, game um, on ABC instead of, you know, caring about the product that makes them, you know, possibly compete with the NFL. They're never going to compete with the NFL, but possibly, you know, a good playoff series, good game sevens, battles between two of the best players in the leagues. But, you know, a lot of times, most most of the time, one of those players is banged up nowadays in the NBA. Tom, earlier you made an excellent point with Kawhi and the Raptors load management. That was a problem for a while. But, Doc, I like your thoughts on moving the season in, down. When would you start – a hypothetical shortened season, and when would you end it? I would do the same exact schedule, 10 less games. So you have more time off. You just the same exact schedule, just 10 less games. So, so it would be limit the back to backs. It would be the 2021 season, again, yeah, right. Uh, but that, but again, they did. I think they did. They started right? at like Christmas. Let's see. So right? Dece- yeah, yeah. Christmas? So December, late December to when was the last Fargo season game? Do you remember? Probably. I remember the second round was around was late June, like like. The end of the second round was, was late May. June. So early May. So how many months is that? Uh, anybody anybody good at uh, calendar math? <laughs> I think that's only like about four and a half. See, that's not enough because, look, you get half of October. You get November. You get December. You get January. You get February. You get March. You get half of April. So you get about six months in the NBA season. If you can just get 72 games in there. I think you'd be perfectly fine. I think you would, the load management would kind of go away. Obviously, like every now and then, you're like, you know, you still have like a couple back-to-backs, but it's not like 10 back-to-backs for each team, which is ridiculous. And and then complain when a team's playing their fourth game on the road in six days that they're resting their star player. I mean, you can't complain about that. It's, it's your problem. And the fact that they're going to punish players and teams for caring about their health is – it's kind of a big concern that nobody talks about. I mean, everybody talks about how the NFL doesn't protect their players with concussions. The NBA, it's not as serious as concussions, obviously, because you know it's not brain injuries, but it's it's still injuries that they're they're risking, and mm-hmm. nobody really bats an eye to it. And one of the things that you know I kind of 
look at is take a look at the NFL. They have 17 games. So, you know, the NBA has 82 games, and we have this discussion sometimes with baseball where it almost feels like there's too many regular season games. If you're basketball, there's a lot of interest, especially, you know, in younger ages in the sport. What's going to hurt you shortening it to 70 or 72 or even 68? It just puts more importance, mm-hmm. not a ton more importance because it's only 14 less games, say, but it puts more importance on those 68 because there's more urgency to you know, get into the playoffs. Right, and you could keep the in-season tournament yeah. with a shortened season. And I think the in-season tournament was a great idea. Yeah, I thought it was – I mean, it obviously was a big hit in its first year, so – you know, again, for the Sixers, obviously just a situation where um, – and, you know, it's going to come into play, I think, eventually um, with Tyrese Maxey because I'm – how many games – so he, he hasn't missed too many, but I think – He's he, played 42 out of the 46, so he's not really close yeah. yet. Um, but, again, you know, they're out – they're without two – they're two best players and they're yeah. continuing this road trip. But, look, if you're you, – like I said earlier, you have a two- to three-week injury. I mean, that might be all it takes to get you out of all right. NBA. Yeah. Um, which is a common injury. Like, two to three weeks, like, that happens pretty commonly. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what, um, you know, what what comes out of the Embiid injury. Nick Nurse said that uh, the injury that he sustained when Kuminga landed on his leg um, was not the same injury that uh, had held him out the, the previous two games. Um, and he was scheduled for an MRI, I believe, today. So um, I don't know if there's been any other major updates. Um, nah, there really right? hasn't. So, so I guess that's good news, mm-hmm. unless they're trying to hide us from the fact that from the very worst news. Right. But this, that would be leaked by uh, now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would think yeah. so. So um, it's probably he's probably just still got that knee swelling, and I think they should just be as careful as they can. It sucks that you know his. Uh, you can call it a generational season, averaging 35, 36 points per game on elite efficiency. Might go to waste, but sadly, it's just what you got to do if you want to win uh, the big thing. And, um, yeah, yeah, we shall see how the Sixers move forward. So, um, quickly, before we um, go to break, we can talk about, for uh, a few minutes here, uh, the NBA All-Star Reserves for the 2024 All-Star Game will be named uh tomorrow and um i just wanted to know you know there was i think on tnt last night they kind of had the panel put together their all-star reserves is there anyone you guys are like thinking uh, might get snubbed or someone you want to see who you think maybe has an outside shot well Someone who got stumped already for being an all-star starter was Jalen Brunson. Yeah. I, I, I that was say, awful. I, I think he did get snubbed because just, just because Dame. I'm sorry. Not to like cut you off. I don't think Dame deserves to be a starter, let alone an all-star. Whoa. Dame uh, like, is shooting 42% from the field this year, averaging less points than guys like Tyrese Maxey, like, and on way worse efficiency. Like He has done nothing to be an all-star except hit that one-game winner against the Kings. And I, I I can't give it to him, man. I, I like I think if you you could name me almost every guard that's in contention. Like I take Jalen Brunson over him. I take Mitchell over him. I take Maxi over him. I take well Jalen Brown's technically a forward now, but I take Trey Young over him. Like mm-hmm. I don't know where he fits truly in this well, All Star game. We were talking about this earlier today that you think Morandell's going to get snubbed for Apollo. 
Yeah, I I mean I think just the magic, the season that they've had. Paolo yeah. Paolo I think deserves to to be an all star and Julius Randle's obviously hurt right now as well, so that really doesn't help his case. Um I think is he deserving of an all star nod this season? I would say so, but I he did, if he gets left out, you know yeah, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world or anything, so yeah, I think you kind of have to give it to Ben Carroll, right? You do. Yeah, just yeah. like so having a great year, politically is, wise, yeah. like like in a sense that, do you so, want a top? What what are they still top eight, right? A top eight team are, yeah. to not have an all star, like and the magic. Yeah, I mean he's been at the him and 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 Franz Wagner and and um, mm-hmm. you know Jalen Suggs is having a nice year as well. You know, obviously Paolo has been at the forefront as the number one pick of that kind of magic uh, resurgence this year, having a nice year in the East. Tom, any anyone? Listen, it, obviously he's an all-star, not anywhere close to an all-star starter, but I'm really glad that Alperen Sengun got in because he's just mm-hmm. taken his game to an unbelievable level from year one to last year, and now from last year to this year, he's taken another jump forward. That Rocket team, obviously not very good, but Sengun's kind of that Sabonis-type player, uh, you know, really good offensive player player who could play make kind of similar to a guard not a very great defender but I'm really glad that he got in but other than that really I mean to Doc's point I would agree that there are better options a lot more options that would be a starter over Lillard like Brunson's probably I would say the odds on favor you could argue Trey Young and then obviously Halliburton as well like Maxie's averaging I think slightly more points the same amount of assists same amount of rebounds on way better efficiency then lower Dame, yeah. Right. Check that Halliburton. And 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 Maxie's like the fifth guard. Like so, like what is like that? Should, that means everybody should move up one, and Dame should go to five. Right. Yeah. But I, I, he's just got that name to I him. Did, yeah, it's the popularity yeah. contest with the, with the fan voting, and uh, I mean the the rest of the starters are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think honestly, honestly on both sides, I think they're. I think it's yeah. I think it was good. it was pretty obvious. I mean, because you couldn't put. I think the only questionable one is like not questionable to me, but like to a casual fan, be like Steph Curry over SGA and Luca. Yeah. Like, no, but I like mean, that, Shea you just can't. Been, you just can't so do that. Shea has like now kind of ascended into uh, name value. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, Luca has. Yeah. Has I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying based off a Probably casual, been the best guard in the NBA this season, right? Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, you could say he's been the second best player in the league. Um, so obviously he's gonna get the nod, and uh, yeah. So the East starters: Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and and Embiid. Um, and then the West starters are Luka Shea, KD, LeBron, and Jokic. Um, so Sporting News put out their predictions for the East reserves. They have Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Bam, Palo, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Um, trying to think I if there's a problem with that. If there's anyone else in the East. I mean, I'm I'm glad they put Young in there, but you, you said Bancaro they have? Paolo. Yeah, Paolo. They um, have in there. Um I think the East is pretty easy. I, I, I don't think I don't think I think the East is like the, <laughs> there's only like one guy where it, it sucks leaving him out, and that's like Julius Randle. Yeah. But I think them only having like one guy that's like questionable, at least that I can think of. It feels relatively easy. Um, it would be interesting if Jalen Brown was seen as a guard, uh, what they would do. Because uh, f- now they seen as like a forward, a small forward instead right. of a shooting guard. It's it's kind of a little uh, bit more bend, easier bend for – Yeah. Bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean like – yeah, I, I, I think that's fine. I remember when people were clamoring 
and not to take anything away. Um, but I remember when people were like, Derek White is like a mm-hmm. lot to be an All Star. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm like, he's really good. Maybe we, sh- like, we should have, maybe we should have a role player All Star game. There should be, yeah. <laughs> it's like that'd be really like, fun. Nick, be Batum, fun. Nick Batum, Derek White going shot for shot. West reserves, <laughs> <laughs> West reserves, predicted as Steph. And uh, PG, Rudy Gobert, Kawhi, Devin Booker, and Anthony mm. Davis. Um, so they are leaving Shen Boone out here. Um, Chet should be in. You think Chet should be an all-star? You know I think? Uh, he should, uh, yeah, wait, where's uh, – where's – what? Sorry. I was – I think Wembenyama should get in. Uh, where's – I'm be? not just saying that just 20, because. 10, and three blocks? Not yeah. an all-star? On, 21, on, 21, on, 10, on like 47% of the field? Like, I'm sorry. That's, he, that's he, all-star. That's better than – he he's impacting the game a little. I think Look, Rudy maybe Gobert, Sabonis, Rudy Gobert has is great, but I think you could argue that Wemby has been like the best defender maybe yeah. in the league this season. I will say Rudy Gobert does deserve his flowers. He but, does no great, but player. It, it, great now, defender. The twenty twenty four NBA is just way too talented for him to make it like he did back when he was on the Jazz. Uh, um, yeah, Wemby or I mean, Chet would be a real dark horse. Um, his counting stats just aren't as impressive as Wemby's, even though I think Chet is, is great as a rookie. Um, but, I mean, I don't really have too much of a problem. I mean, AD's having a monster year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi is doing his thing. I guess, yeah. What are, are they have Paul George in there? Maybe it's a bonus over Kawhi, but I don't know. Do they have Do they have Paul George they in have the PG, They have PG yeah, as a say. forward. Because he's like, he's like, for some reason, feels underrated now, but it feels like it's a consensus that he's in the All-Star game, which is good because mm-hmm. he deserves it this year. But it is tough. I mean, the West, again, it's, it's stacked. I mean, Devin Booker's on like the – on like the edge of making an all-star game right out west which is ridiculous uh, and yeah. the talent in the league too i mean the fact that women is not a starter and davis is the starter and davis is davis just, isn't even starting no, no, right? yeah, davis, is oh, davis the isn't the starter no. yeah it's uh, it's just Jokic, Jokic, uh, lebron, lebron and kd and well, the fact that davis and women aren't starters is uh it's, it's crazy testament yeah. to the talent and they davis coming off the bench in an all-star game the west from big men and also the talent for guards in the east because uh yeah we've just seen a talent God. surge in the mm-hmm. nba that's why everyone's scoring 70 points <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a short break here on Offsides. We've been talking some NBA here on this Wednesday, the last day of January. Um, and uh, we've got to check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. A little ice spice on this Wednesday. We're offside, so we get back. I'm Jessica Kennedy. And I'm Rob Lightfoot. We're the host of Beyond the Brown and Gold, where we catch up with Glassboro State College and Rowan University alumni as they discuss their lives on campus and beyond. That's Beyond the Brown and Gold on the second and fourth Saturday morning of each month at 8.30 a.m. on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. But Jess... 
There's more. You can also find the show on rowanradio.com and your favorite podcasting platforms. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here in the WGLS studios in Glassboro, Wednesday, January 31st. Final day in the month of January here. The year of our Lord, 2024. Aaron Hook with Tom Hill, Aiden Doherty, and Sam Prince here in the WGLS production studio. Talking some NBA here on this Wednesday. Um, And... A big uh, something for me, guys, that I always like, especially in the NBA. For some reason, it just feels a little different. Maybe it's because it's a little more of a intimate setting with with the fans, as opposed to, you know, um, the MLB. I, I I suppose the MLB is is pretty um, good at this as well. Is when a player, you know, a player who played for a franchise for a long time, and maybe the um, undoing <coughs> of the two, excuse me, was a bit. I don't want to say like tumultuous, but (laughs) maybe, yeah, I know, right? SAT word. Um, (laughs) Maybe, you know, the terms that they left on, although, you know, there's a connection there with player, city, and team, um, it wasn't the way that either of them had envisioned, you know, down the road or anything like that. And we have one of those tonight (coughs) in the NBA, excuse me, with Damian Lillard returning to Portland with his Milwaukee Bucks. For the first time since he was traded this summer, um, 10 o'clock p.m. tonight on ESPN, the Butts are second in the East at 32 and 15. Meanwhile, the Blazers are struggling as they are 14 and 33. They are second to last in the West, and so you know, obviously, when you look at the trade from both sides, and you know how Dame has fared. In Milwaukee, next to Giannis, it hasn't been a perfect fit right away, and they just obviously had the situation with the firing of of um, Adrian Griffin and and bringing in Doc Rivers, which we'll, we will talk about as well. But you know, it, it was always uh, the one that I always think of is I was pretty young for this, but I've like watched it on YouTube is when LeBron was back mm-hmm. in Cleveland for the first time when he, went to, when he went to Miami. All those signs in the crowd, yeah, yeah. right? Quitness, all that. Um, it was nasty, man. I mean, that really, you know, the the betrayal um, by LeBron, as, as Cavs fans will call it, at that time, was really, it really sparked, like, true animosity. Like, they hated him when he came back, uh, and they let him know about it. The Cavs um, ended up getting blown out in that game by the <laughs> Heat, but... Yeah. Um, Tonight, Damian Lillard going back to Portland, the team that obviously drafted him, and uh, he became a, a superstar with. Um, that reaction, I don't expect that type of reaction tonight from the Blazers fans. I think Dame is obviously uh, a, a guy who 
has like legend status uh, with that franchise at this point. Uh, but it's always interesting to see a guy return to the city that you know they played in for so long. And the Bucks coming in uh, at thirty-two and fifteen. You know this is one that they're gonna uh, look to take, obviously with the struggling Blazers team. But the Blazers actually. You know, I, I think for their record, um, when you kind of look at Anthony Simons uh, having a really, really nice year, just under 23 game, Jeremy Grant um, playing well this year, and Shannon Sharp, I think, just taking a leap. Malcolm Brogdon, who, um, you know, is is obviously been in a lot of trade talks recently, but uh, he's having a nice year as well. I, I think the Blazers, you know, they're, they're an, sneakily good. They're an interesting team to me. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to put it. They're like sneakily like they're a team that could ruin a good team's momentum, mm-hmm. you know, at any point when you run into them. And obviously the game will be in Portland and they'll have the added ship on their shoulder with Dame returning. So I want to mm-hmm. get uh your guys' thoughts on, on this game tonight if you're looking forward to it or if you could kind of care less. Mm-hmm. I could kind of <laughs> care less, uh-huh. but I mean the Bucks will beat them or should beat them by a great deal, probably 20-plus, 25, 30-plus. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the reaction from Dame. I don't necessarily think it's going to be too, too bad in terms of, like, hostility. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, 75% cheer, 25% boo. And Doc's point, Aaron, you mentioned this as well. Just talking Blazers, I do think that Scoot Henderson, you can't, panic completely on him because we see this yeah. with young guards a lot in the NBA. Luke and Darius Trey ruined, ruined the way people look at right. young guards. Right. They think they should be developed by end of year one. <laughs> so you can't give up all your stock on Scoot Henderson despite the fact that he's not looked good this rookie season. So with Aiton and with Shaden Sharp and him, I think maybe in about two, three years they could you know put together some wins and you know be a – solid play-in or you know fringe playoff team but yeah right now this game shouldn't be close Mm, yeah i think you're right kd but to the to the narrative of this game yeah yeah Yeah. the big return that you know he doesn't want to tribute video who oh kd yeah Uh, no one that's not that return that's the real return tonight. That's the uh, yeah. real return. The return to brooklyn where he won so much with Mm. and you know he won the same amount as dame lillard Mm. True. Oh, cook them. I, I see. True. Look, that's what I was about to get to. Like, look, Dame's a franchise legend. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I saw this on the internet. Yes. Yeah. Could oh. you put Dame Miller as the greatest Portland Trailblazer of all time? I don't think so. I don't think so. Who, okay, who is Clyde? Drexler. Clyde. Clyde was great. Did they? Did they win a championship? No. But at least, I, yeah, I don't think so. But. But in a, look, we mentioned we mentioned the Damian Lillard sour uh, heading out to Milwaukee, and I really think that look he was kind of all talk all those years. I mean, it was you know the jokes of you know I'm not running from the grind, I'm loyal, blah 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 blah. I think he was actually hurting the franchise by staying there those three years because he was holding them back of a very good rebuild. They could have gotten the Webinyama. They could have gotten Chet Holmgren. They could have gotten Cade Cunningham. They could have gotten all of this. But instead, he was a guy that was like, oh, I'm loyal. You know, I want to be Kobe Bryant, wear this Blazers jersey across my chest for the next 10 years. And I think it hurt him. And he also went out a sour way, like you said. Yeah. He went out awfully. I mean, he said, oh, 
You guys did all this for me. You let me stay here, even though you probably talked about trading me and starting a rebuild and, and, and shaping up this organization once again. You kept me? Oh, just trading me to the Miami Heat. Nah, well, only the Miami Heat. Nobody guys, else. I respect what Dave was trying to do. I don't. I'm all about player loyalty. I think he, it was fake loyalty. But in the NBA nowadays, that just doesn't exist. I, I kind of think Doc has a point where it's like, um, again, like he was just kind of like, he, Not he, running from the grind, but running from the grind because he, he had no expectations he, in Portland. And he, he loved that. He had their hands tied to where like they couldn't, they couldn't start right. Like you said, they couldn't start to blow it up or start to move other pieces because as long as Dame was there, it's like, what are you just not going to try and contend yeah. or try and put at least a half decent roster around yeah. you know one of the better players in the NBA? Because when you have that guy, a superstar like Damian Lillard, you're like. All right, I mean, this guy can do enough on certain nights to just win us ball games. Let's just try and do something here. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and keep in mind, like, their biggest series win against the Denver Nuggets in 2019, uh, CJ McCollum was the one that won them seri- that series yeah, for them. I, I actually, yeah, I remember that was a great series. And CJ McCollum was the one, he, you know, he was, that was that big, when Jokic was kind of talked about as a very poor defender because CJ McCollum got in that mid range area, was cooking him. Yep. And Dame really, outside that one shot against OKC, I mean, he's kind of come up small. And, and postseason play, um, seventeen eighteen season when they got swept by the lower seed Pelicans. Mm, that's that was bad. That was bad. And and see, look, man, he's a franchise legend. I get. It. He did a lot for the community in Portland. Like this is just basketball talk here, obviously. Um, look, and I just I, I don't like the way he went out because the way he he went out like he as if he did a lot for the franchise in a it, sense, like bring them a championship, bring them. Constant, you know, conference finals appearances, con- constant finals appearances, even winning an MVP. Like he didn't do any of that. Let's just say, in a world where he did win them a championship, it may be okay how he did it. But oh no, if he won a championship, like he, yeah, he yeah, yeah, I would do. If I was a Blazers fan, I'd have been like, oh, thank you so much. Like you can go. But now. It, yeah. but it's also like for him, it's just like, well, if I have an opportunity in a championship, and I was in Portland, why would I stay there too? That's also yeah. like, is it the money that talks? Because Damian Lillard can get the money on whatever team he wants. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. I also think that is kind of why he stayed, though. Because I think if a contender traded for him and they didn't have any loyal connection to him, they wouldn't have maybe given him that like that two-year, I think, $96 million extension he got last offseason. So he, he used Portland for that extension and then went smart. out the next Dipped. year. Yeah. yeah, That was smart his part. Yeah, financially. But that doesn't mean that okay. – if he wins, <laughs> I should be happy as a Blazers fan the way okay, he went out. Let's just say the Bucks go on some run this year, and Doc Rivers actually. <laughs> All right, this is a Disney Channel. <laughs> coaches correctly. How do we view Damian Lillard as a player? Well, uh, if you get a champion, if he gets a championship, like I mean, you got it. Is he a top fifty player? Then uh, it's close, right? Well, here's Probably. the debate, though: if he gets a championship, but what if he doesn't really shoot? Efficiently, but yeah. Giannis is just—he's well, so got to be either the second or, or best player on on the team. Yeah, but win it. But Brian's like the thing Brian Scalabrini always says: in ten years, we'll just look at it like he was a champion. You know, nobody's gonna like dive into his stats unless you're stat nerd like me. Unless I will he, do that unless he's really <laughs> unless he's just really but brutal. You can never, yeah. he'll never be anywhere near the level that Giannis was in Milwaukee. No. Yeah. Like we're calling and Drew Holiday a winner, by Denver. the way. Like we call we Drew are, Holiday a winner no, now. And true. he and he sucked that pretty much the whole run. Outside there was like three games against the Hawks where Giannis was out. Like he was pretty awful that whole run. But we call him a winner. See that's all you need is just well, uh, a champion and people will forget, you know, context to get him out. Years, context. What about K D going to the Warriors? 
Well, I mean, uh, I, that's just an era of his career. Yeah. Right? Everyone is, I think, accepted at this point. It's like, yeah, did he go to the Warriors? They went two rings. Yeah. It's like, it's like they don't want like, to. Obviously, he was ring chasing. Yeah. And, and, he, and he got two rings. So yeah. it's like. But he was so elite in those series that I think kind of. I think. I mean, no, KD. I mean, it's not like he got carried. I mean, KD was, he, KD was great. I know, that just sucks because, man, I would have loved it. was great in the finals, too. It sucks we got robbed of prime Kevin Durant on, like, a true, like, Team oh, yeah. that where oh, yeah. he could have been an Organic. underdog. Well, I thought I thought that was the Nets. Well, but the thing is that was also post Achilles. But he, he that still was, was that dog. Achilles? Oh, he, he still was the, that guy. Really, even though he well, was like an MVP candidate. Well, you know who he ruined? still was a dog, and, and he still well, is. He's you know still, who right? ruined him? Uh, he's, he's an MVP candidate this year. You think? Kyrie Irving ruined that Nets team. <laughs> if I mean, <laughs> don't let him go on the Nets right. <laughs> the Nets were literally, I think. Right, just they. Me- I mean, they measure if your they foot never inches. Trade, the Nets were inches away from going to the finals inches. and probably winning conference. If uh, Katie's uh, uh, kayak of a shoe. Imagine a different world where uh, the Suns face Kevin Durant in the in the NBA right. finals. And it's crazy. And then, and then they beat crazy. him, and he goes to the Suns. Yeah. <laughs> That would right. be such a KD thing. So such in line, <laughs> that should have happened in an alternate universe. In an alternate universe. Um, but yeah, and if so, he has three rings in an alternate yeah, universe, right. please no, take, please take me there, please take me there. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're, we're now getting, we're just fans. We're getting too far, yeah, yeah, But yeah. I forgot it's Kevin Durant's return. Like, how did Nets fans like genuinely feel about him? Like, do you think they'll clap for him? No, no, I don't think so. No, I think some might because he was just a very talented player, a part of a franchise. Nets fans are NPCs, but very, <laughs> you know, inconsistent. No, honestly, I don't think they'll be very happy with him. I don't they think don't, they don't have a reason to. I don't see the thing. Kevin Durant's a big player in, in a sense where you can't like just not clap or boo, so it's got to be one. Oh yeah. So I don't, but I, I don't know. Most if, people would boo. I don't know honestly. if he's gonna get booed though. He for me because he he had a pretty justified for like, me, reason to leave. For me personally, I would clap because Kevin Durant is one of my favorite players of all time. Mm-hmm. I gotta say he played for my team. Mm, yeah. But yeah, did he leave on a sour note and try to get Steve Nash fired? Well, as he should have been, never been hired in the first place. That's a totally different conversation for another day. But, but it's also like Giannis, like. He's the reason he got hired. And he's also the reason he got fired. Exactly. So, so how can you? How well, much can you blame? Also. Him? Who would want to stay at that point with the Kyrie situation, you know? Yeah, no. And he and he and in the Suns presser, he said, "I have nothing bad to say about the Nets." He said they treated me very well at the end. Mm-hmm. So uh, him saying that gave me some respect. And I don't think Kevin Durant, know it like as much as a KD fan I am of him. I know it's a little off topic, guys. I don't think he's gonna win another ring. Um, Phoenix. This year, you know, they've been better recently. Yeah, they've kind of moved me a little bit. I think they're just still uh, it's just, middle of the pack out yeah, there. Yeah, like, like the surrounding roster is just not it's not good enough. Yeah, I know. Like Eric Gordon, they're counting on consistently to give him like a good 25 minutes a game. Yeah, and like, I just I don't think he can do that anymore. Uh, Grayson Allen's having a good year, though. I will say that. Yeah, I think going back to the KD stuff, I think the reason why some people might not really – you know, give him maybe the respect that he would deserve had it been a different situation is kind of just the way he, you know, cavalierly just bow down to anything that Kyrie said back when the two of them were here. And it just seemed like it was he was the more talented player, but Kyrie was kind of the alpha of that relationship. And it just became a situation where, you know, you get James Harden and James Harden plays every single night. And then eventually Harden got sick of Kyrie. Obviously, you know, the common denominator is Irving. But 
I don't necessarily think Durant deserves none of the blame. Yeah, he wasn't. He's not like again. He's like one of those silent leaders. Like he's not gonna lead a, a true locker room. Like in a sense, like he's gonna be the vocal point. But that's why he's he's been on teams where the, it has been there. But on the Nets, it really wasn't. He, you know, he's he's had Russell Westbrook in his career. He's had Draymond Green. Like even Steph Curry, I think you can say is more of a vocal leader. Um, and then he went to the Nets, and it, he kind of had to do it because he had a young coach. He had like a first year coach at Nash. And then he didn't really have any other players outside, like unless you wanted Blake Griffin coming off the bench as the ninth man in the rotation to to scream in the locker room and get the guys riled up, then like <laughs> then you then you're just lost at that point. In the twenty one season he did will us almost to that victory over Milwaukee. Mm. You mentioned his foot Those are the worst a little two, too big. So worst two days of my life right there. There to where Katie <laughs> ended up being choked the next guy day. to try to <laughs> You know, we less past Milwaukee. Oh, man. Yeah, no, like, look, you can make the argument, Tom, as a fellow Nets fan, if it's they weird. never trade, I want to say it's kind of weird we have two Nets fans. I kind of never really – you don't you never hear about Nets fans see, too yeah. much. See, if, if – I will say this. If Kyrie never goes – becomes – pulls a Kyrie stunt, as he did in January of 2021. Yeah, and? He – we would – be saying the Brooklyn Nets were the champions of the 2021 season. If he, did, never, if he didn't go AWOL. Because they never trade for Harden. They never – and they keep all their depth. But I think I think Harden was the reason that you guys went over the top, though, because that Harden that year was an MVP candidate. Like, he, oh, was, he was so good. Harden was legit, legit. But, then he just sadly had that hamstring mishap. Mm-hmm. And then in the playoffs, he was just a shell. Yeah, because, like, Jared Allen, like, with all due respect to Jared well, Allen, Karis LeVert, like, they're not they, – they were not good, I, good enough. I good understand enough. that. But when they're the, but they had, that team had no bench, but it was fine, as long as everybody was healthy. I mean, they almost beat the Bucks with Harden right. on one hamstring and Kevin Durant. Yeah, we didn't lose necessarily because of the lack of depth. We lost because your lack stars of got these. You had one and, and a half stars. To your point at the <laughs> beginning of the episode, uh, you know, it's usually the healthiest team that wins. So Giannis's legacy is aided by the injury plagued Brooklyn Nets. Mm. I can go back in time. I would just make the Nets the champions that year. Well, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Just make them. First, get him to become the NBA commissioner. Just write like, him in. I'd be, like, be like, yo, KD, you all like step three steps back at that three or like, step back. I know. It's that, it's that easy. What if right? you're like, yo, just, tell, just tell KD to back up a little bit. If you asked him to trade his two reigns in Golden State for one in Brooklyn, he would never do that. Mm. Okay, let's just say I don't he, think he would, but he won. Let's just say in a world if he, he was in a room where nobody could hear his answer, he might. I think he would. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, That's let's funny. just say the Nets would have won the championship. <laughs> he would have been the guy in yeah. Brooklyn. Right. Obviously, even Nets to Harden, like you know, how, how much would his legacy change, and how much would Harden? If he won change? Brooklyn a championship, it's like, like Steph Curry when he beat the Celtics. Uh, Me, because because he proved all his haters wrong. Yeah, it's it's. It would have definitely have boosted his legacy. And what about Harden's legacy too? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a reign, and that's obviously like the knock on he him. He could have went with the Clippers. I mean, this he's, year. he's they have good. The, the Clippers have looked very, very good. It's just um, t- it's just always hard to trust some of those th- 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 that team where, again, uh, the healthiest team wins, and the Clippers have not been the healthiest team yeah. since that they signed <laughs> Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. To, I mean, Kawhi especially, just a guy who is. Mm-hmm. Just uh, notoriously injury prone. Um, it's sad. Yeah, it is. So, um, speaking of the Nets, 
so, a certain someone returned last night. And he's also out again tonight. And that would be Benjamin Simmons. The uh, legend in Philadelphia. Dude, he's coming home, bro. I'm telling you. Wait, wait for his return. It's going to be bigger than LeBron's return to Cleveland. Didn't he already play in Philly? No, I meant like, oh, return, like back. return as a Sixer. Oh, come on. <laughs> you actually think if he went back to the Sixers. He said, he, I, you want to know my theory? I've said this a good amount of times. Yeah, that I was think, on Monday, by the way, that he played. No, I no. think I think for him to get back to his old self or even just half of his old self, he'd have to go back to where it all started. And I think something like Philly. He said he loved playing for our fans. You know, we'd get on him. We wouldn't let him do okay. this, you know, but, 10, 8, and 9 thing. Well, what do you mean? What do you want him to do? 15, 9, and 7? Yes. You have Tyrese Maxey. No, well, yeah, in, in this th- theory world, I'm just saying we would push him a little bit more than, than okay. he, he would in Brooklyn. Not saying he's going to sure. return to sure. – but I'm just saying that's like my theory. I, I think he almost, like, needs the pushing because I don't know – I think everybody in his inner circle doesn't do it. And I think that's part of his problem. I you know, agree. his brother's like a shooting coach. Like, he doesn't have anybody pushing him. Like, yeah. his parents would never yeah. tell him what he wants all the time. And that was kind of always the, the thing biggest that problem. I kind of like about Ben Simmons, though, is the Ben Simmons cycle where when he plays his first game in like almost a calendar year, we all have the discussion, like the, you know, public discourse around the NBA is kind of like, oh, Ben Simmons is elite. Ben Simmons is great. I mean, he's always been good. And then he goes back in the hibernation for the next 30 games. And then he comes back out, and he drops 10 and 10. And we're like, you know what? He's great. And then he goes back, and yeah. he sits on the bench for another 20 games. Yeah, it's report. I don't know if you guys saw the report, but uh, he's, he's out tonight. Uh, yeah, he got so. knee contusion again. Well, not again. I don't I don't know. If, I think he had it a, a little bit ago. And he's well, been pretty good <laughs> as a net He is when he plays. But the, the that's net. usually once in every mm. two months. The Nets are at Philly. On Saturday, will he play? No, I don't. Even, I don't even know if like I think we're past like booing him part. Like I think he also like gave us compliments in the off season. Said like he he would if he played if he left the Nets. That's kind of where my theory is coming in. He would go. He back. like said if I if I le- left the Nets, I would love to play for the Philadelphia Philadelphia fans again. Right. But would the Sixers want him back? If he's a free agent and we're not uh, paying him thirty million I don't a year, see why not? You need more guys on that Citrus roster who like, I don't know, I don't know what the right. I don't know, but I feel like it's just is. one of those weird things where I th- I don't think he's played his last game as a seventy six. Whether that's soon okay. or like in ten years, oh, oh, <laughs> but I just have a weird feeling that he's gonna return and and it'll be funny. Uh, it'll be hilarious. Smart. You need to him, him and Folter, yeah, him and Folter coming back at the deadline. <laughs> oh, I need Folter. <laughs> this this is how you end the process. You you win a ring <laughs> with circle. every single. Yeah, we just tr- bring Nerlens Noel out of retirement. Okafor is our backup three. Yeah. <laughs> He's like because we have just four. bring Sam Hinkie in as a consultant. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. Who we got to trade back for TJ McConnell? <laughs> who else? Who else? Who else? We miss It's just like your shooting Dario Saric on the Warriors. Well, yeah, Dario's still around. He, he's he's he, actually having he's a good year. He's turned into a great shooter. Yeah, he has. Well, Doc Ben Simmons is free agent in twenty twenty five. I know, wow. I know. I can't wait for the Ben Simmons the decision. <laughs> he's he's well, gonna he's be like, not coming back. I'll take my talents back to South Philadelphia. Oh, man. and we're gonna fulfill the process. I got a prediction for you. Yeah. I think Ben Simmons is going to play wherever LeBron plays in 2025. Oh, so Philly. 
No. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Honestly, I, LeBron's I, a good conversation. I mean, I, I, you could go on for a whole hour about well, like, let's think what's going to happen next with LeBron. Let's think about this. Wherever Bronny, Bronny plays. Bronny is a second-round player. I think Bronny is going to stay another year in college and then He's figure play it out. Sophomore year. And, then, and, then, and then go to the draft. Right, because LeBron has – one, more, One year. more year after this, no? No, I think he's no, a free, he's a free he's agent free this offseason. Yeah, he's a free agent. Wait, no. No, he's under contract for 24-25. I think it's a player option. Player right? option. Yeah. So, I mean, with the way that the Lakers have been going, you never know. I mean, he might te- he might test it, mm-hmm. then maybe sign a – uh, but would he sign a one-year deal with the Lakers? Like, yeah, probably not. And then See, that's leave? the thing. Like, he wouldn't sign a one-year deal with they anybody ju- but the Lakers. But, because but, it's like imagine like you don't want to add another team to your like your your legacy because so, then it would start becoming so a problem. Go back, he goes back one year on the Orlando Magic. Just, oh. What if he just? I was gonna say just go back to the Cavs for one more year. Mm. Try and win Cleveland another ring, no matter what happens. I tell you, we live in this weird world. Go play with Bronny. This weird for like two world, years, man. and then retire. He actually wouldn't be a horrendous fit. In no, they they need wings. They need wings. No, bad, I mean man. they'd be sick. Yeah, they'd be really sick. Thought, Cavs thought, have been one of the hottest teams in the league as well. Uh huh. LeBron paired up with Mikael Bridges. Uh, 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 no, He's I'm sorry, bro. Him. The Nets, the Nets. Sadly, we don't have enough cash. Right? What do the Nets le- legitimately? I, and I know the new ge- what? What, what? Did you, you say you have breaking news? No. Oh, oh. yeah. Embiid's out No, that's that's not a shocker. Um, I know like when LeBron was uh, the actual decision way back when. I know the New Jersey Nets were trying to lure him. The Knicks, too. What? Uh, well, yeah, of course. But, I'd like, play for the Knicks. what do the Brooklyn Nets – I'm sorry. I don't mean to hate on the Nets. They have although nothing. I, although I do. Like, they I mean, actually have nothing. What do they say to LeBron? Yeah, compl- like, you yeah, can, you, yeah, can you, own, have a, you have a nice young winning Bridges. You can, That's it. And you have a you can own part of the team. So what? Who owns the team now? Joe Sides, yeah. though, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess. I mean, uh, yeah. I he ca- you could be the coach, the GM, and owner. <laughs> no. no. And then, and, but then you would have to get a new owner, a new GM, and a new coach when he leaves one year after. That is play true. Lebron-y. Or maybe we just mortgage our entire future for us to be a six seed in the East. And then hey, man. You have LeBron. You have LeBron. And so. is hurt, and we could beat the Sixers in the first round, and then uh, – <laughs> Then just go from there. But yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> like on a serious note, like LeBron put out, I believe it was last year where he put out wherever Bronny gets drafted, I'm going. Mm-hmm. But like, what version of LeBron would you be getting at that point? Because you got to figure that's what two years from now. I mean, LeBron is still pretty yeah, damn he's good. LeBron. I'm still taking LeBron. Right? He's not. I it mean, really he, is unbelievable. He's not a he's top three to player anymore. I don't think. All I'm gonna say. But I mean, he's still top. Yeah, five, seven. All I'm gonna say is, if he does leave the Lakers, I'm not just saying this as a biased fan, but there is a very clear. Well, I mean, there I is a very clear team that like has not only can could trade for him possibly if he's like traded somehow in the next ten days or or accepts his player option gets traded, but like there's a very clear team that's missing that that three four star player that's been looking for wings. The Knicks. Unironically, the Knicks the Knicks would be a great fit if they didn't have Brunson and Julius Randle already who kind of work in that same LeBron area. Would, I don't think LeBron would – there's no place for him on the team. Well, the, and it's so weird to say, and I know that's like kind of like – Well, okay. That's like arrogant, but like 
Well, but like seriously, well, like, where, okay, wh- they don't have a win spot like well, just open. LeBron. Meanwhile, the Sixers are re- starting like two role players. Over right. right. Yeah, Does he like, want to play in New York? Let's be real here. I mean, right. I mean, right now, he probably should. But I mean, I don't know if. He I mean, wants if LeBron, to. he could have done it 13 years ago, and he didn't do it. So I mean, I don't really care. LeBron became a Nick owl. Do you now find that's fandom and become a Nick? That's uh, that's horrible. What would, what would how, you how do? Did, how did you do that? You're a Nets fan. I am. Sadly, it's it's. I'm a New Jersey Nets fan. New Jersey. He always has with the emphasis. <laughs> yeah, right. You weren't even alive when they went <laughs> to the finals. I wasn't. Ever since then, they've just been Brooke Lopez and Darren Williams, and then they moved. That's yeah. all they've been. That's all they were to you. Yeah. They were nothing. And, and Jason that. Kidd. Jason Kidd was was earlier. Back in and Jason Kidd, I was there. Um, Izod Center days. Izod Center. Wow. What a throwback. Then they went to Prudential. My the Izod Center is just. My brother said to me, I have to stay with them, or I want to become a Knicks fan. And he said, no, you need to stay. Well, that's loyalty right there. I mean, you got to hold out. You have to hold out. You can't just switch. I Just know. the Knicks are doing good for the first time. No, know? I wanted to do when the Knicks were doing bad because they left us. Yeah, of course they left you because uh, whatever. Because um, <laughs> what? They don't love me? No, they left. They left on purpose. They left they saw because you. <laughs> they thought they were going to go and DeAndre Jordan was going to help them win a championship. And then DeAndre they, they could never get along and could never stay healthy. And, That's the, and, and they never had a good coach, and the whole thing was a disaster. They ruined it. Mm. So, all right. Uh, we, that was, we've been rambling. We have like five minutes left. Um, do we want to – I mean, Doc Rivers we wanted to speak on with Milwaukee. I think we could. Uh, I'm sure. Like I don't like. More will come I think, out I think we results. all agree that like the move is, the move is a little strange just because Doc Rivers doesn't exactly have a, a track record for being like this great etches and O's coach, which I think the Bucks were kind of looking for at least a at least a guy to command more respect, but also a guy to like actually like command like the floor and like have control of how the stars like operate. Like, Look, man, I think I think he got hired for the wrong reasons. I think he almost got hired because he doesn't hold players accountable. And Giannis and Dame want that. Exactly, yeah. They want free reign, but they want a coach that I guess has experience and knows what he's talking about that they Like you respect, respect him. You respect him, but you won't listen. Yeah, because like, he also won't care if you don't listen. They it wanted feels like. Griffin at the beginning of the season, so why the switch <laughs> now? And we had this discussion. Because yeah, he thought he week. could bully a young coach, and he couldn't. That's such an odd way to go about, you know, picking out your coaches. I think because he he was the one that declined <laughs> Nick Nurse, and I think he thought Nick Nurse would push him. Because Nick Nurse isn't a guy that's just who's that Giannis? Yeah, Giannis. It's reported that he he didn't want Nick Nurse. That to me sounds like everything that Giannis is like against. Right, Dame, He's a big defensive. I don't guy. want well, to on Dame, but like, Giannis PR team works overtime, so. It, <laughs> they always have to save better him. Better than Otani. Yeah. <laughs> they always have to save him. So Okay. All I'm gonna say is again that, that Giannis ring that we sadly have talked about today. It's it's it really has saved who the public views him and how the public views him, I should say. Uh because he really again, I think this is all him. I mean he he hand picked the coach, he hand fired the coach, and then I, I don't know his involvement in fi- hiring Doc Rivers, but I'm sure he had a say in that as well. Um, Did Dame say? Nah, not really. I think he had some say. Like I think Dame talked to Giannis about it, but Giannis uh, obviously had the final decision. They're just trying to make Giannis happy because they're a small market team, and Giannis is taking advantage of that. Well, that's been the thing yeah. for years now. It's like 
whenever there's been an opportunity for a new contract, it's like, it's like this guy is the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like he like think about where they were before he before they drafted him and he developed into this superstar. They were awful. Yeah, it was like Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, like <laughs> leading them to like a seven seed. It's like, yeah, I, and yeah, like that's the thing. I, I just don't really. Yeah, you're right. I think I think he got hired for the wrong reasons, or he got hired for the right reasons in the eyes of the players. Where it's just like, yeah, like they want a puppet. Mm-hmm. They want to die. Adrian Griffin, obviously, and you know they were down on the defensive end this this year. I should say they are down defensively. They've been like top five or top ten the and last Adrian few Griffin, years, and now they're like twenty second or something. Yeah, Adrian Griffin reportedly got on them for not bringing defensive intensity. Giannis right. and Dame, right? Both of them, and I think that was reported after he got fired. It's and strange. I think that's part of the problem where they were like, "Oh, you're blaming us like, for a former defensive player of the year to have issue with the coach." Pushing you on the defensive end of the floor is a little odd to me, but I don't know. Like, it's just a, a to me, it's just a total lukewarm hire. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to change anything. I think the they're promise, still going to be a good team. I would have just hired an interim coach and then taken it to the offseason, man. Like, I don't think committing yourself to Doc Rivers for four more years is a smart decision in midseason. Uh, no, I, yeah, I would have just hired a four-year deal. I would have like, hired an interim. <laughs> and I would have just taken it to the offseason and seen what else I could hire. Oh, Instead, man. now you locked yourself. I mean, I talked about this a lot, like sacrificing one season to save the next, like, five. And that's what, uh, you know, the Bucks should have done. You know, may- maybe you don't win this year, but Giannis signed an extension in the offseason. So you know, the Blazers should have done. Yeah. So it's just a tough situation, and uh, I don't really know who to blame. More will come out. But Chris Haynes, his article about it kind of made it seem like Giannis and Dame kind of, Got him fired, and mm. that's kind of sad. Apparently, Doc Rivers breached his ESPN contract, mm. according to reports. Well, right, because he was doing games throughout the yeah. year. And, he just and that's why he had to pay him a lucrative deal, which the Bucks did, so now they're paying three coaches. Embiid <laughs> had to deal with Doc for a few years, yeah, and good now luck, Giannis. Giannis has to. So. I won't feel bad. Well, it's, he won't, yeah, it's 21, 21, yeah. right? So. He, won't get the, he won't get the benefit of the doubt, and yeah, he did it. He chased the coach out. Yeah. <laughs> The NBA. I think we it's crazy league, man. Too many power, power, too much power. I don't, I don't know about that, yeah. but th- but there's some players that take advantage of the small markets. Like, I mean, we just talked about the Nets. I mean, like they're smaller. Again, it's John not a small Morant market, but the like they're Grizzlies. not the New York Knicks, you know. Like, um, and yeah, it's just they kind of kind of can take advantage when you're in a small market and you're a big time player, and that's kind of all you have. But I, I think player empowerment's kind of fine where it's at. I think. I think it was a good job by the Blazers front office to not let Dame go to the Heat for free. I think that was a good step in the right direction of not letting these players pick their teams. Um, so, and even if you want to go to that team, it's like we're going to ask that team like for if you, yeah. an absolute like at least risk it. if you give us a respectable offer, I can understand it. But they didn't, so they said we're changing to Milwaukee, buddy. Then before we sign off, we can take a look at the latest ESPN. Uh, NBA power rankings that were released at 8 a.m. today. Um, so we're a week away from the trade deadline. And uh, we talked on Monday about some potential guys that could be moved. But these are the pre-trade deadline power rankings. So they have the Celtics at number one, the Nuggets at two, the Clippers are at three, Minnesota at four, the Sixers are at five. Milwaukee at six, Oklahoma City seven, 
Cavs eight, Pelicans nine, and Knicks ten. Mm. Um, I feel the Knicks are a little too low. I would say so as well. I respect the Pelicans, but that's not a team I'm I think trusting. The, I think the Knicks are within like the six to eight range. Yeah. Um, I think they sit pretty there. Uh, and in between, in between, maybe like maybe like the Thunder and the Bucks. Yeah. Like right now, Knicks Bucks, I think is a good debate if they matched up right now. Uh, I think you could truly make a case for both sides. I would probably actually lead Knicks in a sense that I, I, I do think you need vibes <laughs> if that makes sense to win. The, the Knicks and, team chemistry is off the charts. Yeah, like no nation, baby. I mean, last night, Josh Hart ends with a triple double. Divincenzo, thirty three points. Mm-hmm. Right, what he hit eight threes, I think, and then. Uh, I think it was nine, actually. Brunson, yeah, maybe nine. Career high either way. And Jalen Brunson, uh, 29 and nine. Light, light, Let's go. 29 What school? What school, baby? The Villanova. I mean, <laughs> those I mean, those guys. You're just a McAlbridge just away. <laughs> that's, I mean, you know, he's been rumored to the yeah. Knicks. I've said he doesn't. Like, it would be really cool to have him. But you, OG Ananobi's basically he, a McAlbridge he, as well. It just doesn't really fit. So it's yeah. like, what is he really doing? Pre-OG Ananobi, he would have. Well, you know, OG is going to be free agent this year. Yeah, well, but they're, no, the they're Knicks not. are going to sign. Yeah, especially with the success they're a, having. A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. He's going to be the, one of the highest paid role players. I can't even see, see role player. No, there's, there's He's a, a high-end role player. There's a happy player. medium between like all-star and role player, and like it's OG, Derek White, and like a bunch of other players. He's going to be like there. one of the – like he's going to be making like what's, – what's like – 40 million a year. We're close. He's about yeah. 35 probably, mm-hmm. right? Just He's just so invaluable. Defensively, but um, mm-hmm. let's see. Any other interesting? Any who's left out of the top ten here? Nitzer ten, Mavs eleven. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, Suns at fourteen. I think the top like I think the top eight's pretty easy in the NBA right now. I think there's like a clear top eight, and then there's yeah. a little bit of a downfall. I would agree. I think there's about four teams in the East I like. Actually, five teams. I li- I do. They like do. The they do have the Sixers ahead of the Bucks here. I do. Yeah, I I do agree with that. As long as again, health is the biggest biggest thing, and also right. a couple moves at the deadline would also obviously help. But I think the the East has about four teams I trust, and five teams I kind of trust the Cavs. I kind of don't. Um, and in the West, I think I only trust like three teams out there. So what? Denver. Denver. I I, I do trust OKC, and, and I think the Clippers, the Clippers? Are, the, are, are the last. I don't know if I could trust the Timberwolves because their offensive uh, flow just isn't great. Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, like Phoenix yeah, is, they're going to give us some fun games. They're up and down. But will I trust them? No. They're inconsistent. Yeah, they've had a lot of bad fourth quarters, but I do think they're kind of hitting a corner. Yeah. But they're also like a team that needs another move or two, and they don't have assets to make a move or two. So I think they're just kind of stuck in that happy medium of maybe you win that first-round matchup, and then it's kind of over past that. How much you trust the Bucks? I don't trust the Bucks at all. I mean, before Doc Rivers, I didn't trust them, and now I definitely don't trust them. I mean, I think they're old. I think it'd be a shock if they show up to the playoffs fully healthy with their age. Um, so I think that's also an issue, and I think the Bucks just are a hard team to trust. I mean, we talked about Dame's shortcomings in the playoffs a little bit that isn't talked about as much. And Giannis obviously has had some poor postseasons as well. Um, and I look, look, man, that defense, I mean, look, I think you can form a great game plan to stop that Bucks offense or at least try, contain the Bucks offense. And I, I don't think the Bucks can come up with any defensive game plan to stop any okay. team with good guards in the Eastern Conference. There's one team that I can trust in the Eastern Conference to make it to the finals. I know it's going to be Celtics. but The Boston Celtics. But I don't even trust them either. Well, how come? Well, I trust them in a sense that if you're trusting, like, if you're trusting this, 
I trust like the Knicks to at least not fall off the face of the earth. No, the Knicks but, are second round are gonna. That's funny. Are gonna give a team in the second round a very all right. So challenge. so if the Knicks end up as the three. And they get Milwaukee in the second round. They could beat the Bucks. I think the Bucks. I think we seven. could beat anyone. I think, but I think, like, I think obviously that's just my. I head. think we get it. I think we get a Knicks six or second round this year, and this this station might yeah, go I mean, up in I flames. I mean, that would be a fascinating <laughs> yeah. series. The station might go up in flames, but yeah, that'd be an emotional series too. Yeah, I think that's what we get. I think they they, they sit the two and three seed <coughs> um, post deadline. Uh, so you think the Bucks fall into? I four. think the Bucks are falling the four yeah, pretty th- safely. I think it's gonna be Cavs, Bucks, four, five. I don't know how that uh, – right. who's going to be the four, who's going to be the Embiid's five. I think health. I mean, well, if – I mean – Look, as long so, as so, – if it beats healthy by March, they'll just go on another run. Like, they, they like they, they had a, a four-game comfortable lead on the yeah. Knicks before the skid. Right. And and they'll catch the Bucks, and the Knicks are going to catch the Bucks, and I think the Sixers will catch the Bucks, and they'll also – I just don't think – I mean, think, Randall's going to be out at least probably another couple weeks, but – I just don't think any team – can beat the the Celtics in a seventh game series in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're really tough. They are. <clears throat> yeah, no, I I, I do they think are the Celtics really are tough. Definitely the favorite. I mean, they're a great team, but they also have a lot of inconsistencies. Joe Mazzola to me is a pretty is pretty pretty bad coach. His philosophy sucks. They'll shoot forty five threes even though they're not a three point specialist team. <laughs> like I think they just they'll definitely they're a team that is going to lose playoff games. I can guarantee that. I think almost every series they go to will go to six games, and I can't trust if, if that's pretty much guaranteed that they're going to lose two games because Joe Mazzola's philosophy is going to pretty much lose them at least two games every series, and it lost them two games against the Sixers last year. I know. Actually, you could say it lost them three, but two of those games they overshot the three ball when it wasn't falling. I I am a big I I I, I don't like Celtics, but I'm just a fan of how they play. Sure. Well, it's it's easy to like right now. Obviously, sure. they're fun to watch. I mean, of course they are. Yeah, they're the best team in the league, and they have um, a also, star player is very he's very also you know, he's entertaining about the Indiana Pacers. Uh, mm, let's be real. I think any, I mean Tyrese again. Like, Any team with a solid defensive game plan will shut down that offense he, come playoff time. And also, they don't just don't overhelp. They just don't play defense. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, like any, I mean, they're giving up what? Like here, I'll find. Like it. if you give like Nick Nurse, Tom Thibodeau, like Halliburton doesn't play. Like if you either. if you give them yeah. oh, a seven game series, the game plan for the Pacers offense by game three, they're not scoring more than 120 yeah. points consistently. I mean, the Pacers. The the Pacers give up the third most points in the league behind only only Trump by Atlanta who's not good and the Wizards who are who are awful mm-hmm. and they're in there with categories like teams around them are Detroit the Hornets the Spurs the Bucks uh, and like the Jazz and they all suck <laughs> pretty much except the Bucks obviously but um, okay uh, do we want to end with Ant and Shay. We could do that. Uh, it's it's so, great. Ant, so, Ant's complaining about the refs now, back-to-back games against OKC. So, yeah, he said cheating uh, cheating refs with a word in between I, that I can't say. Um, actually, maybe I can. No, I won't say it. Um, but you get the gist. Um, yeah, so what? There was a foul where Shea hit Ant uh, on a dunk attempt at the end of the game, and... Minnesota and Anthony Edwards in particular were not happy with the officiating at all. So, I don't know. I mean, what do we think? Like, we just – I mean, we see everyone complain about the officiating these days, but I think in this circumstance it was probably warranted, right, when you get fouled like that and there's no call. So, 
Yeah, I would also say that maybe a lot of this has to do with um, a lot of the player power that we were talking about, where it just seems like these players kind of feel as if they could say some stuff. And I do agree that a lot of the officiating is pretty poor. I mean, Max Struess got teed up the other night for <laughs> handing the that was ball ridiculous. to the referee. Uh, and that was unbelievable. That was so ridiculous. So I do think there <laughs> there are instances where I do think the complaining is too much, but then there are instances where you see just a really poor call, like the LeBron against the Celtics. I believe that was last season or maybe two seasons ago, where he was blatantly fouled, and then yeah. Pat Bev came out with the uh, video, mm -hmm. you know, onto the court. So I do think you know it's not. It's not something you want to see consistently out of your players. I think Ant actually got fined for it. 40K. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just unbelievable. I'm but, glad, though, he went all in. He said, I'm, 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 I'm going to earn this fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you're, if you're going to get fined anyway, you may as well just start unleashing everything. Yeah. But it, it's going to be interesting because it just feels like NBA players have kind of set the precedent for future players to consistently complain mm -hmm. about no calls or calls. I mean, Look, man, we see it works. With Luka all the time. It works, man. I remember when Nick Nurse went to his, to his press conference when the Sixers Raptors were facing in round one um, two years ago that he complained after game two about calls. And then the next game, in game three, he got oh, calls. boy, did the Raptors get calls. And that's what you do. You don't complain about the last one. You complain, you complain for the next one. And and that's why players complain, and a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, oh, the, the, they already called it. Why are you complaining? Because you're gonna get the next one. Yeah. Because you're gonna get in that ref's ear, and that's what Nick Nurse did. And they almost won that game because of it. James Harden fouled out. Out of all people, James Harden's fouling out, and it's like they they were getting calls left and right, and it worked. Obviously, they lost that game still, but it, you know that's what you do. And and Edwards, he's he's had enough because he knows he's probably gonna see he might see this OKC team in the playoffs. He's hoping that he doesn't have the same problem. Yeah, Minnesota. So, Minnesota. Minnesota won that game, and so yep. were they a game ahead of the. Yeah, now that now Jokic is sitting against the Thunder tonight. They're so. a game ahead of the Thunder. Half. To, yeah, Jokic is out tonight. Nuggets, thirty three and fifteen. They're a half game back. And Lucas sitting against the Timberwolves. So Timberwolves could also get a win tonight. Man, probably everyone, everyone's sitting, and that's yeah. it. And then the final, kind of like angle of this is like obviously the fans and they're like you know we pay to see the stars and all this and so that kind of adds to it as well but i mean mm. you know teams on teams understand that but they're like okay well yeah or you could come to a playoff game and you <laughs> could see uh, everyone healthy you know yeah. so and i think a lot of fans look at it in the sense that they, they feel like a lot of these fans just go to one game a year which isn't true <laughs> like for most fans, obviously some fans show cash, but if you're showing up to one game a year, most likely you don't really care if Luka Doncic is playing. <laughs> so, right. like, you're just kind of going for, you know, a night out. Um, but, yeah, you know, a lot of injury talk around this time. Hopefully we can – one day I just want a healthy playoffs for everybody so we can truly see yeah. who the best player on the planet is, who the best team on the planet is. I, I mean, every championship you're going to find a team that – Takes a little bit of luck for everybody. Was in poor, yeah, yeah. exactly. They, they say you know, you like even fully healthy, it takes a little bit of luck. Twenty nineteen Warriors. You put an asterisk on. One. I mean, well, yeah, just just or. I mean, yeah. health, healthy Raptors. They were a very good team, and again, you can look at that Sixers series. There's a lot of end ifs or buts in that series. So uh, look, it takes a little bit of luck for everybody to win a championship. But I just wish that luck wasn't injuries. So that's all I hope for. Well, we have overstayed our welcome. We've been on for. Almost an hour and 20 minutes at this point here on this Wednesday edition of Offsides. Again, I've been Aaron Hook. 
filling in for the great Jack Miller, our sports director, here on Wednesday. I've been joined by Aiden Doherty, Sam Prince, and Tom Hill. Thank you all for stopping by and chatting with me. Um, you can catch offsides Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 to 6 here on RowanRadio.com. Channel 2, Nick Rizzo will be hosting on Friday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, something was supposed to play there. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.